Dream Gully are singing in the rain at Avondale. Altona and Heidelberg put on a show. The Knights lose it late, and we discuss our first round of tips that are very controversial. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Match Day 3 episode of The Semi-Pro Potty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Semi Pro Potty. I am your host this week and every week, William Chambers. And also every week, there is Branson Gibson, who is looking quizzically around the room at the moment, mate. How are you this week? Are you look you look unsafe. No, I'm doing very well. I just realized that we just started recording and my water bottle is very empty. So I was like, oh no, maybe I've got a spare, but of course I do not. But apart from that, mate, I'm doing very well. I'm very excited to talk about what was another bumper match day of MPL Victoria action. Yeah, and it's funny that you're uh, low on water because I'll be honest with you, this was probably one of the wetter NPL yes. rounds that we ever saw. So, you know, just getting in there very early on to say that it was a ridiculous weather round of football, but it made for some very great sliding challenges, some very bad sliding challenges, some great two players sliding in from about 10 feet away. So let's jump into it before we do, Branson. I've got a little bit before the kit bag segment that we need to discuss. Oh, yeah. And I'll only put it in the run sheet as review for kit bag because you're, it's your favorite segment. But because yep. we're both on Spotify, on, uh, Spotify, Spotify, not Shopify, Spotify. Yeah, that's right. Spotify. We don't see Apple reviews and someone left us a review oh. on Apple Podcasts. Oh. And I wanted to read it out on air so oh. that we can actually get live feedback from the from the customers that love it. Oh, no. I'm very nervous. Okay, so this was placed a year ago, so apologies. Oh, for this. <laughs> um, this was placed by Susha, and the title is VAR Not Required, Five Stars. Ooh. Season two just kicked off and I'm loving it. Love the chemistry that Will and Branson have. Just two mates chatting football and giving great insight into Victoria's top flight game. Keep up the great work, boys. What a review. That's How fantastic. That? So, I mean... That's great. That's exactly what we set out to do. So, thank you very much for the review, Susha. Um, look, I feel like we don't need it to grow because I feel like we've probably got our maximum number of listeners as, as it currently right. is. But if you do want to leave us a review, uh, give us a couple of stars, that would be great. Um you know, any personal attacks, probably just send it to us on Twitter. But if you do leave a review of, I don't know, shit kit selections and talk too much about Fulham and Liverpool, then, yeah, it's probably a fitting review. Yeah, and we'll try to uh, read it more than once a year. <laughs> um, one thing that we're going to do more than once a year is kit bag segment. Brand, what have you got on this week? I have an absolute banger on this week, Will. I have the new Nigeria home kits. Uh, quite a spectacular design. Nigeria are known for their outlandish, outrageous and fantastic kits. Uh, it's got green on the sides, a couple of shades of green, some triangle funky patterns, uh, some white and some grey. The design, uh, I've done a little bit of research here, it was hand-drawn and it derives from traditional Nigerian Agbada robes, apparently. So that's kind of fun. That's cool. Some traditional roots in a... Uh, Nigeria home kit, which I think is fantastic. It's a banger of a kit. It's got a central Nigeria logo, which I love. And overall, very happy with it, mate. What, yeah, about we, you? what are you wearing? Yeah, oh, we've you. definitely got a theme this week, don't we? Bangers. No, I just don't have a theme because no. I'm wearing a Hume <laughs> City kit. Um, Ooh, so, yeah. And this was a Hume City kit that Branson, you acquired. Um, yes. For, for collective ownership of the pot, I feel. So you probably know more about the Hume City kit than I do, but it's just got everything I love. It's a, an NPL kit. Love it. Yeah, it's good. I like the, uh, it's got almost lightning bolt, uh, what would you call it, details on the shirt sleeves and the collar, which I think are very nice. Just sort of takes a plain red kit and adds another element to it. Turkish flag on the back of the collar as well. Got to love Always that Always love that. Yep. Yep. Got to love it. Um, Mate, Ooh. there's no better place to start than now. Let's jump into the first game of the weekend that we're going to talk about. And... Whoa, did 
where we're going to get to the tipping later on. Boy, did we not get this one right. Port <laughs> Melbourne 1, Eastern Lions 2. Brand, tell us about this one. Well, this was a big result. It was huge, massive result for the Eastern Lions. It was their first ever win in the top flight of Victorian football. A fantastic achievement for them. They had a draw last week. They went one better this week and got all three points. Great way to do it. 2-1 win on the road. Uh, to be honest, though, first half, pretty dull first half. Not a lot to uh, not a lot to talk about here. Coulter uh, made a great double save for the Lions. He was uh, the corner flags goalkeeper of the week in uh, round two, so he impressed again. Good news, though, William, was the second half was much more lively. Uh, Christopher Drutsas gave the Lions the lead just after the break. Very, very exciting. Uh, after that, though, down 1-0, things got worse for the Sharks. Luke Barfarosh uh, was sent off for uh, given a straight red card. He has great hair, by the way. It's big, puffy, curly hair, very sideshow bob. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, bit of sideshow bob about it. Anyway, back to the football. Uh, so red card for no, Port keep, Melbourne. No, keep going with hair, man. Keep going. We've got, no, at, least, we've got at least an hour to fill here. Just go with hair. Yeah, well, I was trying to think off the top of my head of a footballer who had a similar hairstyle, and I couldn't, so I was just trying to save myself there. David Louise. Oh, David Louise, that is a great shout. How did I not? Yes. So side show, side show Bob slash David Louise. Anyway, he got sent off. Ziggy Rizuki then curled in the free kick beautifully from the ensuing free kick directly after the red card. Eastern Lions go up 2-0. Uh, for Port Melbourne, Christopher Dugan got a goal back for the Sharks. They had 30 minutes still to play to try to find an equaliser. But the Eastern Lions held on for a historic win. And William Chambers, this was a very big result for them. Their first win in the top flight. You mentioned uh, last week as well, their their former head coach passing as well, passing away. A very difficult time for them uh, in 2020 as well. I think they lost all five of their first five games. So they've gone, they've got themselves in the win column. Fantastic result for them. On the flip side though, classic Port Melbourne, once again, we spoke about them last week. Poor in match day one, better in match day two, and now they back up a good win with a, frankly, very poor result, you'd have to say, at home against an Eastern Lions team who have struggled and who we expect to struggle. William, what do you have to say about Port Melbourne other than, I mean, just classic them, really? Yeah, look, it's um, it's what we expect, and I just think it's one of those seasons where it's really going to hurt them in consistency. Like, We'll get to the table later on, but the points, even what, three rounds in, are very close. And oh, just I just think of what that club could be if they got a bit of consistency to some of their performances. Um, but look, there's no taking away from it. It's a massive result for Eastern Lions. And I'm glad that they've sort of, I guess, rectified some of the issues of last season um, in the fact that they've put in two good, two good performances out of three games. And not only that, but they're getting points. And... I think that's going to be a really important... I know, oh my God, this is a stupid thing to say, Branson, but I think points in this league table are going to be really important. Wow. Outrageous. Huge hot take there. I mean, whoo! But I do agree. And, uh, just very quick... That's it. And just very quickly, on Eastern Lions, they did defend very well. They looked very organised and they looked uh, looked solid in defence. And that's uh, that's not all you can ask for, That's but that's a long way to going... To getting a positive result. Another team, though, William, who got a positive result, Bentley Greens, coming off a heartbreaking loss against Port Melbourne. They got the goods over Dandy Thunder. Tell me about it. Yeah, um, this was a weird one because when I initially saw that Bentley were 2-0 up early on, I just went, well, this game's done and dusted. Um, and then I just thought Dandy Thunder would have got a late consolation goal or something. Ah, oh, man, uh, if you disregard the first seven minutes, Dandy Thunder were outstanding in this game. I was genu- I was watching it, just like, God, they played so well. Um, but you can't look past the fact. I think Dandy, uh, Bentley scored in the first minute uh, through Braden Crowley, and then Dan Bowman had a ripper free kick in, like, the eighth minute. So they were up 2-0 early on. And at that point, I just expected Dandy Thunder to maybe give up and maybe there's a late penalty or something. They get a, a goal from that they don't really deserve and Bentley sit within themselves. But Dandy Thunder were really expansive. They were exciting. 
And at no point did they look like a beaten team. And I think that's a really good mentality to have, even if you're going to be in a probably dicey point of the season. I dare say they'll be in the lower half of the table. So to see that mentality, their heads not drop and for them to be positive, I thought it was really good. Um, they did end up scoring a deflected shot from Mersum Mimeti halfway through the first half. So we've pretty much rounded out the scoring in this match early on. But, oh, like, uh, the the remaining chance that were really good, this easily could have been 3-2 to Dandy Thunder. Um, there was a butchered chance by Ali uh, midway through the second half that he just passed it straight to the keeper. If he has put that with a little bit more venom either side, it's going in. Um, and then in the 92nd minute, uh, Javier Lopez kept Bentley in the lead uh, with a ripper save. So... I looked at that and I just went, wow, in no way did my perceptions of Bentley winning this two goals to one even match up to the performance. I thought Dandy Thunder were really impressive, but it's a rip of three points for Bentley and they just seem to do this thing where even when they're maybe a bit off, they get three points. Um, and that's what you need to do to to be at the pointy end of this league, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I agree as well that I thought that the scoreline, I mean, it's hard to say flatters Bentley when they won by one goal because that implies that it, w- it was a close game and it really was a close game. But as far as one goal wins go, this did feel like a close one. Yeah. Again, things we just love to say. I also love how you say if you exclude the minutes in which they conceded, Dandy Thunder were good. You know, you could probably yeah. say that for most teams, you know, just <laughs> expand the block of minutes you include. It's like, wow, if Avondale, for example, we'll get to them later. How they can- you know, if you exclude 80 minutes, they played really well or whatever. Yeah. But how good would it be if, like, the referee just decided what minutes counted and what didn't? <laughs> like, teams play around for 20 minutes, like, yeah, look, none of you guys are a shot on target, so we're just going to say this is a 60-minute match and we'll start in 10. Is everyone okay with that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, fantastic. Or if, like, goals counted based on, like, reward for effort, you know, like, if the referee goes, like, look, oh, all right, Ben, I'd love you that. scored... You scored, but uh, you didn't really deserve that one, so I'm just going to uh, chalk it off for no apparent reason. Uh, Danny Thunder, you've tried really hard all game, so I'm going to award you an equaliser. So there Quick we go. Quick sidebar, can I yep. say that it, like the modern state of football, if we could create that rule, then I would disallow no teams allowed more than one goal a game where they pass into the back of the net. Like, you know when Man City have those like 6-0 wins and it's just they've got no strikers, just like 20 midfielders and they're all just passing it around until there's eventually three yards of space on the goal line. I just I just rule that out. I want goals from 30 right. yards. That's what I want. Right. I don't want people passing it in for fun. I want goals from 30 yards. Great. Cool. I'd, I'd support that. Um, um, I love it. Um, Bentley, want- fast start. Goal inside a minute. Love that, by the way. Yeah, it was very good. Um, let's go to the next game because this one... Had a ripper end to it. And I know that we'll have a build-up for it, but St. Albans 2, Melbourne Knights 1. Yeepers, this ending to this game was very interesting. It was, and the result is very interesting as well. Two wins on the trot for St. Albans in their second Croatian derby in as many weeks. They beat the previously undefeated Knights who were top of the table. As you said, mate, uh, the big talking point came at the end, and uh, we're going to throw a bit of a curveball here. That's exactly where we're going to start. We're going to start at the end and then work our way back to the start. So painting the picture here for you and for our listeners, it was one all in the 90th minute. Uh, Knights goalkeeper Thomas Manos has the ball. He runs to the edge of the box and rolls it out, as goalkeepers do all the time. Uh, does it quickly. You know, the Knights are pushing for a winner themselves. However, the linesman calls a foul because Manos was apparently outside of the box when he threw it in. So, like, he'd run out of the edge of the box or his uh, his hand or his arm had crossed the line when he threw it out. So, not a foul, but a free kick for a handball. So, St. Albans got a free kick literally on the edge of the area in stoppage time, uh, and they go on to score from it to win the game. The initial shot was saved. It was actually a really good save from Manos. But then Christopher Dibb was there to head home the rebound and give St. Albans the win in dramatic, controversial circumstances. I don't think I've ever seen that happen before. I can remember one instance in the A-League when Michael Thelokletos... Thelokletos, for those who are listening at home. Yeah, uh, good. Changed his name Uh, as well, I think. I think he changed his name as well. Yeah, He did. Uh, But, like, he ran out of the box while holding the ball 
but the referee didn't see it and didn't call it. So I think this is the only instance I can remember of it actually being called. So huge call by the linesman. Um, no idea if he was right because you actually can't see the line very well from the broadcast. And slight segue here before we get back to the game. I kind of love it. You know, we talk about VAR, was it in, was it, was it not? We have no idea. We don't know. We It yeah. doesn't matter, you know. So St. Albans get the free kick goal and, you know, part of it is just not knowing whether he definitively was or wasn't. He goes, you know what? Great call, great end to a game. And there were some good scenes afterwards. St. Albans obviously celebrating. But getting back to the game, so even before the end, it was a very entertaining game. Uh, the Knights opened the scoring from a lovely cross and a lovely finish on the volley from Caleb uh, Mikulic. Uh, Will, you would have liked it because it was a, a tap-in from inside the six-yard box. But it was a lovely run, lovely cross, lovely finish. Uh, Darren McCauley brought the Saints level with a fantastic strike from range. This was more up your alley, mate. It was a banger from 30 yards, bottom corner, beautiful strike. Uh, but overall, mate, the Knights suffered their first loss of the season, so they got two wins, one loss now. But it is a fantastic result for St. Albans. They move up into fourth. They're actually only behind the Knights, who are in third on goal difference now. And for St. Albans, it's two wins over the Knights and City. Uh, they have one loss, which was in the opening week to Green Gully. Are you surprised by St. Albans, mate? Yeah, very surprised by St. Albans. And, I mean, if you even look at that first round loss to Green Gully. It was to Green Gully, who are probably one mm. of the form teams in the competition. So, yeah, I'm really impressed by them. Um, just, I think, considering where they were last season, how they started the season, like they weren't going to be contenders of a finals position at all. But, yeah, look, I think they've got everything right in the sort of start of the season, and it'll be interesting to see how long they can maintain it because it's been not just good results, but I think good performances too. Not setting the world on fire performances, but they're definitely worth the points that they've got. Yeah, definitely. And, mate, we always talk about the NPL Victoria and how you in particular love the food that goes around in the NPL Victoria, right? Well, St. Albans at the moment are serving up a whole bunch of humble pie in a, in my direction because I think I said at the start that I was certain that they would – I'm not certain, but I thought for sure they'd be, you know, down the bottom and, you know, likely to get relegated. And after the galley loss, I was like, yeah, here we go. Uh, and then they just come out and, you know, they beat Danny City. They beat the Knights. Two good wins. We saw them do this last year as well, where over the first five games, they were surprisingly good as well mm. and sort of in that top half of the table. Uh, once again, they're, they're showing that they're up for the fight, that they're not just going to, you know, be relegated with no questions asked. So yeah. congratulations and, and it, to them. I mean, it is only I, three rounds. It is. Lots to go, but so far, so good. Yeah, and I love the humble pie reference that you have there because when you have a slice of humble pie and you've got a friend, you share it. And that's exactly what Altona and Heidelberg did with the points on the weekend. <laughs> yes. Altona 2, Heidelberg 2. Bran, um, this was this was probably the one of the worst weather games of the weekend, but, I mean, they were all <laughs> equivalently bad. Talk us through this one. Well, it was. Any of the games played on Saturday, Saturday were on four. The Friday night it was rather warm and balmy, and then Sunday yesterday, St. Albans Knights game uh, was played in sunny conditions. So if you played on Saturday, bad luck. Uh, mm. This was one of the games. So this was wet and wild. This one, uh, Altona scored twice in three minutes just before the halftime break. Ross Archibald and Jonas Markovsky put the ball in the back of the net for the magic. Uh, there was more late first half drama. If Heidelberg thought it was bad enough that they would concede twice inside five minutes before the half, things then got worse after Mallon Roberts was sent off in stoppage time in the first half after getting a second yellow card. Heidelberg down two goals, down to 10 men, heading into the break. Uh, things were not looking good for the Burgers. They left it late, but then they pulled a rabbit out of the hat against the Magic. How good yeah, is that? Yeah, get it. That's, that's, it's really that's good. good. That's pretty good. I was waiting for your input, but you weren't providing it. Anyway. What, what, uh, what, how, do you, how do you put a cherry on top of that? You've made a, oh, an Altona Magic reference to pulling a rabbit out of a hat. I can't yeah, make that any better, Branson. I, I was expecting applause, but that's right. Anyway, moving on. Uh uh, who was it? Uh, Dani Milanovic scored for the Burgers in the 83rd minute before Owen Ashton equalised late in stoppage time. Absolute drama. 
Uh, to all, share the points, as you said. Both teams, though, sort of surprisingly, are still with there. Sorry, still without a win after three games. Heidelberg two draws and a loss. Altona have three draws themselves. And my question for you, mate, is which team do you think has looked less convincing out of these two, Altona or, or Heidelberg? Who do you yeah, think I, you have more questions or doubts about? I think the cruelest measure for that for mine is that. I expect more from Heidelberg than I do from Altona, so I'm I'm like more concerned about Heidelberg's sort of faltering start in a way. Altona, if they had got a couple more wins and not just straight draws, then I would have been maybe like pleasantly surprised. But yeah, I think it's um, just because we know what to expect from Heidelberg, I'm a bit more concerned about them. But then for mine, this game just shows why they're still going to be contenders this season because... They could be having a bit of an off game, and then they can just pull two goals from nowhere and get a point. Like, yeah, they just know, and, they know two, how to do it. And two goals despite being down to 10 men. Yeah. Uh, like, the questions that I have over Altona is some of these results are a little bit flattering, I think. You know, so they drew last week against Avondale. Uh, they scored two goals to equalize despite Avondale having nine men. So that one, you know, a little bit flattering, should have gone and won it. And this one, they're up 2 0 and have a man advantage man advantage sorry and then they don't get the win so for Altona mm. there it's sort of like a couple of you know draws there against good opposition but then you sort of take a closer look and you go well should have won last week against Avondale and we're lucky to draw because of the red cards and then mm. should have beat Heidelberg this week so a little bit unfortunate but yeah. uh anyway we move on to the next game which you're going to talk about mate that is the Oakley Cannons taking on South Melbourne, bit of a Greek derby this one, mate. Yeah, and this was a shit ton of fun, this game. Like, I was just watching it going, this is great. This is, I mean, I'm probably, I'll probably like say it at the end again, but this game screamed of Oakley not quite being at their best and South Melbourne being better than what they were last year and that being a really nice meet in the middle point. Um, but I thought South Melbourne were absolutely great value for their lead. Uh, I think in the first half they were great. Um, the goal was a chap in, uh, a tap in. A chap in, a tap in by Josh Wallen, but it was actually the setup that was beautiful. Um, I can't remember who it was, but there was a mazy run from outside of the box, beat a couple of defenders, squared it up perfectly for Josh. But I think it was Hoare or someone who was who had it, but I wasn't paying full attention to it because I couldn't see over the stream. Um, and then oh, the Souths were really dominant in that first half. I thought they were really good, good value for that lead. Um, the best threat for Oakley, and we'll probably say this a couple of times on the podcast, was Wade Decker. He fashioned a couple of chances and looked very positive and just difficult to deal with. But second half, I actually thought Oakley were much, much better. Um, they did finally equalise a ripper controversial goal from our boy, Wade Decker. Um, it's one that sort of gets cleared and comes back out, and it looks like he controls it with his arm, or at least his arms are kind of by his side so that it can fall in front of him a bit better. Um, but again, we don't have VAR and I don't care. I'm happy for a stonker of a goal to stand, even if his arm is attached to his body and somewhat near a football. Heaven forbid we rule out a cracking goal for that. Um, but yeah, I I just thought, you know, 1-1 was probably a fair result on the balance of play. thought South Melbourne probably could have done a little bit more to maybe chase the game down, but there were chances for both sides... Both teams played really positively, and I just think it is genuinely one of those really good metrics of South Melbourne probably getting better at what they need to do, put the ball in the back of the net and be a little bit more dangerous going forward. Um, And Oakley maybe not quite being at their dizzying heights again that we sort of saw them last season year, and by that I mean full season, not the the cancelled season. So, yeah, I am... I thought this was just a ripper game. It was a lot of fun. Definitely watch the highlights of it because that way Decker goal is great as well and the, and the assist for um, Josh Wallen's goal is beautiful. Yeah, I agree though. I, I thought it was for sure a handball in the lead up to Decker's equaliser. Uh, the clearance and it, it sort of looks like he sort of uh, covers his body to try not to get hit with it and it just sort of happens to hit his arm and then fall at his feet and he scores. So oh, to we've me, all it done like it. A- yeah, we've all done it. You're a little bit out of position and you just go, oh, I'm just going to kind of get a bit close to it with my arms and you control Yeah, it. like I don't think he intentionally handled it, but I did think it hit his arm. But anyway, yeah. uh, once again, I agree that at least we're sort of, you know, we, 
I'd rather talk about a controversial decision than a controversial VAR thing that went wrong. So I'm still happy happy with this. Uh, I, I agree, though, with what you were saying. I thought Oakley looked more likely to get a winner. Uh, you know, two weeks in a row, same thing against Heidelberg, where going on late, they looked more likely to go on and win the game. But once again, they just sort of sort of couldn't. But the one thing I will say about Oakley was we saw this in 2019, where the first half of the season, they were pretty average and then came absolutely storming home. Uh, I think they ended up finishing third. They were like the informed team of the comp heading into the finals. So whilst they are still without a win after three games, they have got a, a prior history of uh, getting it done towards the pointy end of the season. But, mate, the next game, it's not the pointy end of the season. It's uh, it's week three, and that's the uh, the best segue I'm going to get for this one. It is Hume City 3, Dandy City 1. Tell me well, about it. Might as well be the pointy end of the season for one of these teams and the pointy end being Ooh. the bottom pointy end of the table season. Brutal. Great. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, yeah, look, bad days for Dandy City, this one. Um, this was another poor result. But it wasn't a totally poor performance. If there's anything to take away from it, and it's not points for Dandy City because they lost. But, um, yeah, look, it was... Dandy City took an early lead and it was an absolute shock to, I think, everyone's system. The conditions for this were poor. But Michael Weir, uncharacteristic howler, went out to get the ball from across, grabbed it, dropped it, fell straight to the foot of... I can't remember who scored, actually. Um, but one of the Dandy City players was there on the line tapping in. Fine. Um, Hume... It was as Brandon you scored. Oh, yes, good. Um, and it was, it was one of those games where you get a goal... You're probably happy to sit back on that. And as you would expect, Hume controlled most of the play. And there wasn't without concern that there was a very good shout for a Dandy City penalty, actually. Um, uh, running in on goal, defender takes him out from behind. Now, it does look like one of those ones where pre-VAR era, you're probably fine. But in VAR, we look at this and I'm like, yeah, it's probably a goal, but uh, not a goal a penalty. Um, I think it was James Brown that was running in on goal and was fouled. Um, but yeah, no penalty given, no card, nothing, just play on. Um, but then look, it would become 1-1 with Hume City uh, equalising through James Brown. Um, the conditions then just deteriorated. Um, and I thought this was going to play out as a 1-1 just because of how bad the conditions were. But chances to both sides, um, it would eventually unravel for City though. I think it was about the 84th minute. Um, there was a ball in at the back post headed from James Brown. That would be the second goal. Uh, Delich, though, puts an absolute rip snorter in in injury time for contender for goal of the week. Um, it's just great to see in bad weather goals from distance going in. Um, but, yeah, 3-1 scoreline that I think definitely flatters Hume a bit because both of those goals came quite late. It's not to say they didn't, yeah, it's not to say they didn't yeah. deserve it, but I think that City were far more in this game than the scoreline. Dictates, yeah. but like, I mean, they don't need good performances. They need points. And while there were pe- positives from this performance, shipping three goals is just not going to get you anywhere because if they start doing that, then they're going to have to score three to four every game and it looks like that's going to be a problem for them. So, yeah, really really not a great result for Dandy City, but um, probably one we would have easily expected at the start of the, uh, at the, start of the week. Yeah, and a, a, a strong result for him. James Brown, one of our favourite players, and totally agree about Marco Delic as well. Uh, superb finish, beautiful curler from the edge of the box, top corner, goal cheat, goalkeeper, no chance. It was yeah, fantastic. And I love it. I love it when we first started going NPL. I said, why don't people take shots from distance more? And one of our mates, Alex, was just like, you've not been to much NPL, have you? People who take shots from distance in the NPL, it goes 30 feet over and 40 feet wide, but... When they do pay off in the NPR, I think there's some cracking goals from distance. And I do oh, we've already seen some crackers uh, in the St. Albans game. Who was, else was it? Uh, Georgiopoulos scored a banger for Eastern Lions last yeah. week. I'm all for the shots from distance, mate. Um, now, shots from distance. I am going to have some shots to fire at you later in this podcast because of how we tipped this match. Because one of us was so adamant that the game was going to go one way and the other of us was just non-receptive to those very constructive comments. Avondale nil, Green Gully 2. Branson, you were at this game. Mm-hmm. I was watching the stream on the couch, painfully hungover. 
And this game was, I, yeah, this game was a cracker, even from the slightly disrupted stream. So, Bran, talk us through this one. Well, this was wet and wild, this one. I think this is the, this was the wettest game of the week. It was super, super, super wet. Uh, Very windy as well, wasn't it? Uh, quite windy, yeah. This this was proper football weather. It was it was great. So while it was wet, we we loved it. Uh, it was not great weather to be on the Avondale Media team trying to run two laptops as I was trying to do one for Photoshop and the scoreboard. Uh, sorry, one for Photoshop and live tweeting. The other for the scoreboard. That was quite tricky in the wet. So that was unfortunate. So not good weather to be the on the Avondale Media team. But mate, do you know? What it was great weather for fish. It, it, it was that wet. It was that wet. It was great weather for fish. So of course it was Alex Salmon opening the scoring for Gully. See what I did? I'm very proud of that one. That's even better than my pull a rabbit out of the hat. Alex Salmon. He opened up the scoring. A great header from a well worked set piece straight from the training park. That one gave Green Gully the early lead, sort of against the run of play. I thought. Anyway, Gully, things took a turn from there. Jay Davies was shown a straight red card for what was, frankly, a pretty awful slide tackle. Stonewall red card, in my opinion. Anyway, down to 10 men, though. Uh, Gully, down a man. They didn't care, though, right before halftime. I said it was great weather for fish. It was Alex Salmon again scoring another header from another set piece, this time a corner. Uh, Gully had two more good chances after the half as well to add to their lead. Could have been 3-0, could have been 4-0. Uh, Avondale, eventually, they did start to build pressure as the game went on. Oh, sorry, pardon me. Uh, but they just seemed to be lacking, I thought, throughout the whole game. They seemed to struggle in the final third, where, whether it was like playing the right pass at the right time or playing... Uh, sorry, shooting at the right time. It just it just wasn't on. It didn't seem to sort of sync up well. Even with a man advantage, they just sort of seemed to be not on the ball that day. Uh, one small asterisk that I will say for Avondale was they did have a bunch of injuries. I was chatting to Zoran Markowski, the head coach, and I think he said they had like seven of their starting contenders injured. But still, that... Doesn't matter, and he wasn't making any excuses. You have a squad for a reason. So coming back to Avondale, uh, disappointing. You know, they had a man advantage for 60 minutes, and they didn't score. Uh, They also have now conceded twice in games when they've had uh, a player advantage. It happened against Oakley. Oakley were down a man and scored. Happened again against Green Gully. They were down a man and scored. So something's not quite right there. Uh, they were able to pull out a comeback against Oakley. Couldn't do it this time. But talking about Green Gully, very, very well done by them. I thought that was an outstanding Green Gully performance. Uh, we think they're going to be up towards the finals come the end of the season. If they keep playing like this, I definitely think they will be. I thought they defended really, really well. Jared uh, Tyson, the goalkeeper, he made some great saves late too. He was a big factor in keeping Avondale the score sheet, of course, as you imagine a goalkeeper would be, but he had a very strong game. Gully, they looked very compact, they looked very organised, uh, and the win also sees them go on top of the ladder. So full credit to Green Gully for a very good game and a very good win. Uh, Avondale, they did have injuries, but still a poor result for them, in particularly at home, I thought, mate. Yeah, and look, I think this was one where I just, I think Green Gully are up for it this season, particularly, Definitely. they're just starting very strong, and... Um, yeah, look, the conditions were terrible. That red card was a shocker too. I said at the start of the podcast, wet weather football is great for sliding tackles and, you know, just a little bit of calamity and a little bit of chaos. But yeah, that was just a dead set nailed on red any day of the week. Yeah, um, it was not a good one. Yeah, so, and it was, you know, a bit of afters as well where a lot of the Avondale players got involved and a lot of the Green Gully players got involved. So mm. you don't want to see it. You want to see a good contest, but that's a genuine, you can hurt someone pretty bad with that kind of challenge. But, yeah, I think everything you said, Avondale just looked a bit lacklustre. And I, I guess if there's a lot of players out and you're using your squad players, I might not have the chemistry. But, yeah, look, it was um, it was an interesting game to watch on the stream without commentary, and we'll get to that a little bit yeah. later on. So let's um, turn our attention. That's all the game's done. 
it let's is. turn our attention to the ladder because it's three games in and we don't want to call it early, but we will call it early. Green Gully are your champions elect. Uh, Green Gully top of the table, followed on by Bentley. Yes, on seven points. Do you want to do this, Branson? Go, go on. Well, I just include the points, mate. That's all. That's all. Oh, you do it. Oh, you all go right. on. Green Gully on top on seven points. In second, third, and fourth, we have Bentley, the Knights, and St. Albans on six. Hume City and South Melbourne are fifth and sixth, both on five points, respectively. Avondale FC are in seventh. The Eastern Lions are in eighth, both of them on four points. Altona, Magic and Port Melbourne are nine and ten on three points. Heidelberg and Oakley, 11th and 12th on two points. And Dandy Thunder and Dandy City, both at the bottom, both on one point. Mate, we also have to review our tipping because we made a big deal of it last week. We were included in the FNRs. Uh, Football Nation Radio's NPL Victoria tipping. So going through very quickly, just to recap our tips last week, we tipped a draw between Port and the Lions. We tipped Bentley to win, draw between Oakley and South. We tipped Avondale, Altona, Hume, and then a draw in the ninth St. Albans game. So overall, we got three correct. We got Bentley correct. We got the draw against Oakley and South correct. And then Hume beating Dandy City, and you're of course quite grumpy at me for the uh, the emphasis I or the surety that I put on Avondale winning. Uh, I didn't realise there were so many injuries, and that it was going to be so wet when I made that tip. So uh, I'll wear that one, mate. If you think for one second I was aware of the ins and outs of the Avondale team, and when we record a podcast, you are so sorely mistaken. That was me purely going Avondale will not beat Green Gully. That was just that was it. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to uh, get that off my chest. I've got it off my chest. Tipping. Tipping is hard as an individual. Tipping is very hard. As two so, people, it's very hard. We've got to figure this out in a democratic manner. We do. So to recap, we got three out of seven, which doesn't sound too great, you know, less than 50%. But also that is tied for the most out of the FNR tipping competition. So well done, us. You know, first week in, we're, you know, joint top of the table. Well done there. Uh, William, FNR, though, are not our our only rivals. We have a new rival who is emerging, and I can't tell if this is going to be end well or not well for us. So the rival is uh, my mum, who, as we know, is a uh, an avid listener of the semi-pro potty, and so she heard that we were doing tipping, and I said to her, you may as well tip as well, and she said, sure thing. So mum submitted her tips. Uh, do you reckon she did better or worse than us? Absolutely better. This is the this is the way tipping works. People who don't know, well, she well, actually knows a lot about the NPL because she well, listens so to us every she, week. So, so here's the thing. So she doesn't know anything about the NPL. We are the only source of her information when it comes to the NPL Victoria. So we actually have a vested interest in my mum doing well because yeah. if she does well, if she bases her tips off what we say on this podcast... And she does well. That means that we kind of know what we're talking about, right? Can uh, we, so my, can we yeah. very quickly, in yeah. this diplomatic matter that we have to place our tips, if mm-hmm. we can't decide on it, can we default to your mum's tip? So if we can't figure out... No, because she does them afterwards. Yeah, that's fine, because we submit our tips at the same time, I'm assuming, or not. Are you submitting no, it to FNR? We, oh, okay, okay. No, because okay. we because we, we, we do them tonight. Mum's not tipped yet, but we will we'll find out which one of us has has more sway this week. So I got one wrong last week, so you will be the default tipper this week until it gets to the stage where oh okay I like that you run yeah. out of form and yeah anyway so Mum doing her tipping uh thank well I don't know she tipped one this week okay. so. For, Full credit to mum. She tipped a winner and a loser in every game. She did not tip a draw. She's like, I ain't got time for draws. So good. mum got one. We got three. Uh, and, yeah, we'll do our tips again later on. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how mum goes throughout the season. Uh, she'll probably do better than us, which might She will absolutely do better than us. No, that'll be great. No, I love that. We'll have, to get your, we'll have to get your mum on for the final show to award her the <laughs> FNR tipping competition. Yeah, absolutely. But then we can say, you know, if when she does win, we can say, mum, we literally taught you everything you know about the NBL. <laughs> the student has become the master. And so next season of the semi-pro potty will be yeah. hosted and run by Brand's mum. You and I will be sacked. We'll be gone. I love that so much. That was such a wholesome podcast, by the way. Um, <laughs> 
I'm not talking about wholesome podcast, Brand. I think that's part one done for us. Let's take a break and we will resume with part two. We'll go through some of the more light-hearted parts of the Welcome back to part two of the Match Day 3 semi-pro potty episode. Is it Match Day 3? I always get it, it wrong, Branson. Thank you. It Lord. is. Yeah. Um, that was pretty semi-professional, that intro. So let's use that to segue very nicely into the that's so semi-professional section. Um, Branson, my first one for that's so semi-professional this week. The spelling of Braden Crowley. <laughs> NPL, yeah. I think he plays for Dandenong City. Maybe. Can't remember it's one of the games I looked at. It's a real I really don't like the way Braden spelt here. It's B R A E D Y N. Braden is just doesn't need an E in it. Right. B R A D Y N. That's how you spell it. Okay. Braden with an E, not here for it. That's me. On to yours. Sticking with the semi-professional theme, he plays for Bentley, not yeah, not Tandy's City, but I love it. I love it. it. Just get, mate. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. You know, you're having a go. You just you do it. Uh, one thing that I saw that was that so that was very semi-professional was the Avondale Media Tower was forced to be abandoned due to the very uh, wet weather. The cameraman was up there for the whole game with an umbrella. Uh, there was a commentator at the start. He pulled the plug halfway through the first half. Uh, we on the media team at Avondale, we were up there as well. Uh, there is scaffolding. It does have a roof. Well, not a roof. It's got a floor. The floor's got holes in it. Yeah. So it's still incredibly wet. To just add another layer to it, uh, Avondale have actually ordered like a media tower that's meant to be like fully enclosed, right? So they were meant to come out last week. They were meant to come out on Tuesday for like an inspection for a Friday install. And what they actually did was turn up on Friday for a Tuesday install this week. So you go, Avondale had everything in place to have a media tower that would have been in there just in time for the weather, but then some semi-professionalism on the, I don't know, Media Can, tower installers part. I don't yeah, know. When you said that you ordered a media tower, like I'm pretty sure you can't just go to Amazon and search media <laughs> tower and then it's like 30 foot structure just rocks up like Amazon Prime I the next think, day. I think that's what's happening because it's it came from the US. So I don't know how they got it, but that's, Amazon that's Prime. Um, well, yeah, anyway. So that, this, yeah, well, this, the media tower being abandoned and yeah. It's really right. interesting that you say that because I was genuinely one of the most hungover I've ever been. I had to go back to Adelaide for the weekend for a friend's birthday. And I mean it when I say that I could barely move as of about 2.30 on Saturday. So I put the stream on, on YouTube. And to be honest with you, you know I've got a really niche YouTube watching history and I really like things that are satisfying and like almost ASMR. (laughs) What does ASMR mean? Oh, what do you think ASMR means? I don't know. We're not playing this game because I'm just going to... It's not. Tell me. We'll play this game later. (laughs) I don't know. Fuck. I really don't want to tell you, but... I'm just... Okay. I'll I'll get you out of jail for this one. So ASMR is essentially where, like, um, you record audio and it makes you, like, turned on. So, like, you can hear the sound of someone, like, (laughs) cutting hair and you find it arousing. Um, I think kind of what it sounds... I can't remember what it stands for, but like... This isn't one of your personal ones, one of your personal anecdotes, is it? No, this is a big like out in the (laughs) open for everyone. Um, Yeah, it's great. So you just need to go on YouTube and you need to search some ASMR videos. But I was hungover on the couch. The NPL stream for Avondale was on with no commentary, which to be honest with you, I sometimes find the commentary really grating just because the levels go up and down. Like it can be nothing and then loud shouting very quickly. I'm like, screw this. What I got treated to, though, was Avondale on the NPL stream with just the sound of rain pattering. Yeah, and yeah. It, on the cameraman's umbrella. Yeah, and it was just really nice. I, I just, it felt, it was like a fixed camera YouTube video of like ASMR rain while watching lower league football. And I saw very little of the game. I missed the red card. I missed both goals. Because I was just falling asleep <laughs> watching this really soothing NPL stream. It was heaven. Not great oh, for like exciting viewership, but I I loved it. I really appreciated that. 
Yep, great. Love it. That in itself is very semi-professional as well on your behalf, you know, but I love it. Commitment to, you know, at least trying to watch the game whilst while exactly. over. So, so well done there. Uh, Maya, uh, polls. We talk about them every time we see them. Uh, there was polls once again at the Port Melbourne game. Uh, also at St Albans, there were polls as well. Uh, and another one was uh, at the Dandy Thunder game, which we, we know they have a prior history for, for polls, as do Port Melbourne. But another thing that popped up in the Dandy Thunder game was uh, a head and a person. Well, I assume the head was attached to a person, <laughs> uh, but it kept popping up occasionally. There would be a pole, like the camera would pan to the right side, there would be a pole, and then a person's head would pop up every now and then as right. well. So I thought, that was, I thought that was weird. Added another element, not just a pole, but a head. I thought yeah. that was quite semi-professional. Very good. Um, another semi-professional one for mine as well was the commentary in the Knights game. So when uh, St. Albans won it late, the commentator said, and I've got it written down here, oh, St. Albans, they're in front, my jolly word. And right. all, all I could think of when hearing that is like, you know, when you watch like 80s American action, or maybe even like 90s, actually, Branson, you won't be able to relate to this. Um, no. uh, American action movies and they have to write like an English character in and so like American script writers write how they think English people talk and then English people watch the movie and go like no one in England has ever spoken like this this yeah. is kind of what I got from that is they're in front my jolly word I don't know anyone who's ever said my jolly word and I don't know if I'm going to start saying it or never say it again but yeah that, I thought that was pretty funny yeah yeah I, I like it good submission um, another thing that I heard uh during one of the broadcasts, and this was not from the commentator, but during the Hume City Dandy City game, there was this really weird screaming or whistling that was going on every time Dandy City were like in attack. And I have no idea why. I don't know if it was meant to put off Dandy City while they were attacking or put off the Hume defenders, or if someone was just really excited that the ball was in the Danny City attacking penalty area, but it was really weird. It was really bizarre. It was quite loud. I have no idea what it was, but I just heard that. I was just like, what on earth is going on? But uh, you can hear it if you go watch the highlights. You can hear it during uh, Danny City's first goal, but that was very, very odd. I don't think I liked the screaming very much, Will, but do you know what I do like? Oh, you've got it. You've got the segue, my son. Yeah, the what we like segment. I like that. And I'm going to get us started with an interesting stat slash trend I noticed from this weekend. So there were four goals scored by a team while they were down a man. Green Gully scored with 10 men, Port Melbourne scored with 10 men, and then Heidelberg Heidelberg scored twice with 10 men as well. So four goals by teams who were down and in. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, Yeah, Yeah. I like that. You know, excitement, being down a man, doesn't necessarily... We have seen a lot of cards, haven't we? Like, I I know this isn't a new for NPL. There is just cards every week, which it kind of does make it entertaining, but let's just hope no one gets injured. But yeah, there has been also quite, I feel like there's been more cards than usual. Maybe I'm wrong. No, it feels about right, actually. (laughs) But, you know, there's a bunch and uh, that's great. We love it. Uh, Another thing that I liked, Eastern Lions away kit because uh, they look like Fulham. Black shorts. Shit thing we liked. Skip, move on. Nah, nah. Black shorts, white shirt, black sleeves look like Fulham. And then they, they look like Fulham and they get a fantastic away result, just like Fulham got. Against Liverpool at Anfield. Ha <laughs> ha, it's a week old and you thought I wouldn't get a dig in? Sucker. You're uh, sucker <laughs> uh, moving on, because there's two more things that I like. Uh, Ryan Scott, former Saw that. Bentley. Very good. Former Bentley Greenskeeper, crushing it in his A-League debut for Western United. He was man of the match. I think he made like nine saves. Uh, he was very good, including a couple of very, very good saves. Uh, I believe he was also a guest on this podcast. Am I right, William? He was a uh, guest on this grand- podcast. Um, also, he's just ripper goalkeeper at Amy Park. Like, there's almost a point where at what point do specific yeah, stadiums true. sign goalkeepers and be like, hi, whatever true. team's playing here, you can play for them. <laughs> um, he is on form at Amy Park. Um, yeah, That's a former, great show. Former guest of the pod. So good to see yeah. him doing Ooh. very well in the A-League. Yeah, um, so if any 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 MPL players are out there listening, uh, I know a couple may or may not be. Um, if you want to get a, a, a gig in the A League, come on the podcast because it, uh, it worked for Ryan Scott. So it might uh, it was a might slow work bird. again. <laughs> no, it was a well, slow bird. 
Um, well, I mean, he got there. Also, he do you want to know there. how many pandemics have happened since we got Ryan Scott on the podcast? One. So, you know, maybe maybe that's the mm. power that we actually have of having NPL players on the podcast. Worth it. Worth it. Oh, spicy. No. Um, no, I've no, got no. one well, this week. Yep. I was unable to catch this. Live in Melbourne goes to Adelaide for the weekend that it's Melbourne Victory Adelaide United. Very unhappy yeah, about well, that. I didn't like that. But me and a couple of mates were just sort of watching Twitter and like getting the score updates and everything on the event we had on Saturday night. And that Yangi goal celebration and everything for Adelaide United beating victory was something I absolutely loved. I also, when I was flying back on Sunday, saw all the Adelaide United team come back through and it was like, you know, saying like congrats to them and well done and everything, obviously from bloody a distance because flying in 2021 is scary. Um, But I did not notice this. He is massive. Yengi is so tall and like broad shouldered and big. So when I was watching the highlights and it just looked like he was out muscling every defender and he was an absolute menace to deal with, seeing him in real life, I was like, man, I would never want to play against him. He is huge. I think he'd be an excellent player, actually. So very excited by him. Um, watch this space with that. Yes, one last very quick thing that I liked. I want to give a shout out to Ruben, who is the Green Gully team manager who I was having a chat to on the weekend at the Avondale game, uh, who said he listens to the podcast and said he's a fan of the podcast. He said he likes what we do. Uh, So big shout out to him. Thank you very much. Uh, Yeah, so I like that and I like him. And I like that we have a couple of fans and we got some... A couple of fans and a couple of reviews. Look at this. Yeah, so big shout out to Ruben. Uh, Thank you for listening and hopefully you're listening this week. And again, well done to Green Gully. Um, Now, we had a really good segment, which was pick the right winner last week. And Bran, you led me down a very difficult journey of trying to guess some clubs that were real or fake and some stats around Champions League in particular. But I've got one for you this week, Branson. Do you? And... This Good. is a little bit of a cross-promotion with another podcast that I'll start in a decade, which will probably be on wrestling. So stay tuned for the next decade for that. But I've got some names here, Branson. I want you to tell me whether or not these names are of footballers or wrestlers. And oh. I'm really happy because before when you saw this on the run sheet, you were so adamant that you were like, I've got this in the bag. And the fact that you said that made me feel so happy because... You're like, I know one of them already. And I'm like, that's, I just know the one that you're going to say that for. And I know it's not it. So I'm going to say a name, Branson. You have to tell me whether or not it is a footballer or a wrestler. Okay. So 50 50 each one. Okay. Give it to me. First name Norman Conquest. Norman Conquest. Japers. Doesn't doesn't sound like a, a fantastic wrestler's wrestler's name. I will like say also, of, I have picked yeah. wrestlers' names who are not their like stage names. Like oh. so, it's just like their first name, oh, like, so like their, their real name. Oh no! Well, that throws an even bigger. I'm going to say footballer. Norman Conquest is an Australian goalkeeper, famous for yes. shipping 17 goals in a game. Done very well. Oh, dear. That is unfortunate. Not great. But, yep. Next, one for one. Here we go. Shelton Benjamin is. Shelton Benjamin. He's a wrestler. Done very well. And I knew that one. I know that one. Cool. Good. Put an easy one in there for you. Yep. Thank you. Now, Danny Invincible. Is Danny Invincible a footballer or a wrestler? It does sound like a fairly good wrestler's name. I mean, being invincible is is a good characteristic for a wrestler. So I'm going to say footballer. Danny Invincible is a footballer, an Australian is footballer. He? Yep. Is he? Done very Who does well he play then. for? Don't know. I didn't fact check that much. <laughs> oh, cool. yeah, also, cool. I've done Moving very on. little fact checking for this, so some of these Great. could not be footballers. I read one article. Great. Good. Next. And now, obviously, his brother, Danny oh. Psycho. Is Danny, Danny Psycho 
a wrestler or a footballer? He's got to be a wrestler. No one has the last name Psycho. He's got to be a wrestler. Ladies and gentlemen, Danny Psycho is, in fact, a wrestler. Well done. Wrestles for Melbourne City Wrestling. there we go. Doing very well. There we go. Thank you. Okay, next one. (laughs) Credence Clearwater Kuto. Is Credence Clearwater Kuto a wrestler or a footballer? There's obviously what, what is it? Credence Clearwater Revival? Is that mm-hmm. a band or a song or something? Oh, you're telling the story. Oh, no, I don't know. Let's not, let's not dive down that path. Wrestler. Otherwise known as Paulista, Credence is a Brazilian striker for Santa oh. Cruz. Credence Clearwater is his name. Credence Clearwater Kuto. Brilliant. Wow. Okay, cool. So what's that? I've got one, two, three, four out of five. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Damien Demento is Damien Demento a wrestler or a footballer? I think this is the toughest of them all because Demento, obviously demented, so it could be a play on that for a good wrestling name. But also sounds like it could just be normal enough to just be someone's surname because obviously it's not demented. Yeah, uh, wrestler. Wrestler. He's gone for the alliteration. Play on words on demented. It's a it's a wrestler. Maybe. I reckon. Okay. Yes. So you're locking in wrestler. Yeah. Tentatively, but yes. Damien Demento is. A wrestler, Branson Gibson. You've done outstandingly well out of this. Five out of six. That's really That's good. Bad. That's uh, really that, good. That, that was good. I like that. That was, that, that, yeah. that, that was good. There were some good. tough ones in there. Um, do you know what else is good, Branson? My segment, which I'm doing next. You're not getting off the hook. Oh, have you got a segment? Oh, do you, I do, do have a do segment. Do you want to maybe it's one day a... put it in the run sheet? No, it is on the run sheet, but I've oh, okay. hidden the names from you so you can't Google them. Shit. Okay. Let's go. Come yeah. on. Yeah. So, Yep, so we did it last week uh, where I had four team names and you had to tell me which of them was a fake team. So we're, we're doing the same again. So I'm going to read out four names and you've got to tell me which is not a real professional football club. Are you ready? Yeah. Invincible 11. Mm-hmm. Salsa Ballers FC. Oh, hang on. Do I have to do them one at a time or...? No, no, no. I'm going to read all four and you've got to pick one. So I'm going to read four names. Three are real. One is fake. Mm-hmm. So a little bit different to the way you, you did it. So Invincible yeah. 11, The Invincible 11, Salsa Ballers FC, Grenades FC, or the Kinshasa Kickers. Which one of those are not a real Football team. Invincible you really 11. Need to, you really need to write it down or else I'm going to forget them. Invincible um, 11, Salsa Ballers FC, Grenade FC, or Kinshasa, Kinshasa Kickers. They're all very likely. They are all very likely. I know Invincible's 11 is one. I know that that's real. You do? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Okay, interesting. Grenade FC, I feel like I've probably seen somewhere. What was the last one? Kinshasa Kickers or something? The, kin- the Kinshasa Kickers. Kin- I think Kinshasa. that's because I feel like I've heard Salsa Ballers before. And if not, then that should be the name of a club because that's really good. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kinshasa Kickers. You're correct. Kin- yeah, Kinshasa good. Kickers, that is that is the fake one. Uh Kinshasa is the capital city of the Democratic Republic of the Congo. The real team in Kinshasa is Racing Club Kinshasa. Oh, uh, Invincible course. Eleven. I've got a bit of a bit of a buy on each of the clubs. Uh, Invincible Eleven. They play in Liberia. They are the oldest club in Liberia, and the current Liberian president, your old mate uh, George Weir, uh, used to play for Invincible Eleven. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Salsa Ballers FC, they play in the first division in Anguilla, Anguilla, which is the British overseas territory. 
Uh, so I'm sure it has a raging first division. And Grenades FC are from Antigua's top division. So, yes, Invincible 11, Salsa Ballers and Grenades FC are all real clubs. Fantastic names. Well done, Luke, for getting that one right. Good bit of the segment. Do like that. Um, look, let's round it off because we're going to have to do the games that are upcoming this weekend and our tips. Let's jump into it. So this weekend, we have got another stacked Friday night. We have got Knights hosting Hume City. Port Melbourne will host South Melbourne in a nice Port slash South Melbourne derby. <laughs> Green Gully yeah, are, are hosting Heidelberg. Um, Bentley hosts St. Albans. That will be a ripper. Dandy City hosts Avondale. That is your Friday night fixtures. Then the sole game on Saturday night is Altona Magic versus Oakley Cannons. And Sunday afternoon kickoff Eastern Lions host Dandenong Thunder. Now, Bran, what's your match of the week out of that one? The one that I'm probably looking forward to most would be Altona Magic Oakley Cannons. I think that, you know, they're going to be two teams who I think should be towards the top end of the table towards the end of the season. But, you know, for one of them or possibly both, it's going to be another unwanted result. You know, if it's a draw, they both remain winless after four rounds. And if uh, whoever loses, you know, could be bad. What about you, mate? Yeah, look, I'm going to go sentimentally here and I'm going to vote for Dandenong City versus Avondale because that was the first NPL game we ever went to. Oh, true. Oh, and it's we wanted lovely to go note. back to it last year. We didn't get to go to it. Ooh. And I just think, you know, I think that's the fixture that holds my place in my heart. Oh, mate. Yeah. Going to make you cry. Great call. <laughs> yeah. No, that was beautiful. Um, um, do you know what else is going to be beautiful? Oh, this tip section is going to be much better this week because we've got to work as a team. I think what I've realised yep. is that we can't... Yep. In fighting, we'll get us nowhere. No. Nah. So you, you you do have the final tiebreaker, say, this week. No. So Knights Hume, that's tough. What we're going to do is we're going to go through each fixture and then I'm going to say, like, go now and we'll say yep. our tip at the same time so that we don't influence okay. each other. Okay, All so... Right. All right. Knights versus Hume City. Three, two, one, Hume. Hume. All right. Good. Great. Well done, us. Done. It's worked well. Port Melbourne versus South Melbourne. Three, two, one, draw. South. Ooh. I reckon South, you reckon draw? What do you think? Okay. I'm deferring South, to you this no, week. No, South, I think South's a good one because South for the win. Yep. South for the win. I'm happy South. with that. All right. Yep. Okay. Okay. Green Gully versus Heidelberg United. I need to think about this one, actually. This is a bit harder, yeah, this, this one. This is a tough, well, flesh it out with me. Right. Gully, Gully, Gully have been good. I, yeah, I, I Green Gully. We didn't tip them last week, and they proved us wrong. So, yeah. um, Bentley St. Albans. Oh, that's St. Albans, I think. We've got to tip a draw in there somewhere. That's a draw. You reckon that's a draw? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'll go with you on that one. Draw. Um, Dandy City Avondale. Maybe draw. Maybe draw. What did you say? I'm leaning leaning towards Avondale. Dandy City Avondale. But but I know that's what I said last week. So, well, they're they're a good. All right, up to you. Up to you. I'm yeah. Considering it hurt me that. You picked Avondale so vehemently last week. I do think there's a draw in this one because Dandy City did play well last okay. week and I think they can build on it. And if Avondale have got injuries and all that hoo-ha, yeah, I'm going to go draw. Let's go draw for that. Okay. Okay. Altona, Oakley, what do you think? Altona. I think Oakley's slow start of the season will continue. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? What have you got? I think I think Oakley have looked a better better side this season. I thought a couple of times they've been finishing off well. Altona have a couple of results that I think have, you know, not been lucky to go their way, but uh, that might flatter them a little bit. So I'm leaning towards Oakley, but once again, I'm deferring to you this week. You said Altona. First thought, best thought. Mm, yeah, let's go Altona. But it could be All a draw. Right. Like, I don't know, man. I just feel, yeah, it's hard. This is hard. It is hard. It is hard. Go for Altona. So, okay. That's okay. Altona. 
And then Eastern Lions against Dandy Thunder. Or you could go either way, couldn't you? Let's go a 2-2 draw. I know we don't have to you go any of the three ways. Okay. Right. <laughs> All right. So to recap, and we'll find a way to do this more speed, maybe next time we'll have our tips planned out a little bit more so that way it's not just boring dead air of us pondering. Yeah, it is hard. But, You're right. We do need but, to. Yeah, so we'll pre-plan next time. So thank you for bearing with us, listeners. But to recap, we have gone for Hume City to beat the Knights, South Melbourne to beat Port Melbourne, Green Gully to beat Heidelberg, a draw between Bentley and St. Albans, a draw between Danny City and Avondale, Altona to beat Oakley, and a draw between Eastern Lions and Dandy Thunder. Yeah, I'm comfortable with that. Lock it in. There we go. Done. That is going to be us locking in the end of this podcast. It has been a pleasure and a privilege. Uh, Like I said at the front of the show, if you do want to leave us a review on... Apple Podcasts. I'm pretty sure you can't leave a review on Spotify. There might be other platforms you can leave us. Give us a Google review. I'm pretty sure we're on there somewhere. Um, my name is at Chambershear on Instagram. Your name is at Branson Gibson on Twitter. Um, yep. Follow Semi Pro Potty on Instagram and Twitter. Let your friends know about the podcast if you want to let your friends listen to it. Great bit of fun. Get around it. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, keep being semi professional. And thank you for joining us for the Match Day Three episode of the Semi Pro Potty.